to Kinks and Beats Daily. I'm your host, Tony Fry. Thank you for downloading yet another episode of the podcast, episode number 84. If you're listening in real time, um, it's kind of hard to believe we're in the 80s already, isn't it? So today is kind of weird. I've told you before, I picked the songs at random. I have a, a playlist that's got every song we have to cover and I hit shuffle, and then I have a, a, a Google Sheet that's got all the dates mapped out. And so when I when I uh, when it shuffles onto a Beatles song, I put that song in the next available Beatles slot. And when it's a Kink song, the next available Kink slot. And when I was doing it uh, for this episode, the first available. Beatles related spot was for today, the day after we talked about the Kinks song Brainwashed. We we're talking about George Harrison's song Brainwashed. And considering that I'm using Spotify and Google to to do this uh, randomizing, I thought it was fitting that Brainwashed uh, got in there two times in a row. We get it, guys. Um, so that's what we're talking about today. The song's Brainwashed. It's by George Harrison. It was released November 18th, 2002 on his album called Brainwashed. This was a posthumous release um, that he had just about finished for all uh, uh, everything that's been documented about it. It looks like the album was more or less done um, to the point that when Jeff Lynne, who produced it, and Danny Harrison, who I, you could say co-produced it. Um, when they went back to the project after George's passing, they were able to utilize the same timetable and the same recording sessions that George had already planned had he um, been alive to finish this album himself. He'd been working on it for a long time. Uh, one of the songs on this album, Any Road, was actually written when he was on the video shoot for, I think, Is This Love from the Cloud Nine album. And in between that time, he did a couple of Wilburys albums. He did the Beatles anthology. You know, he was busy. And this just kind of was a project that he was working on bit by bit over really the course of a decade. So um, when it gets done, it gets released. This is the closing track on it. It's the title track. It's the closing track. The personnel on it. Uh, George is on acoustic guitar, bass, and slide guitar. Jeff Lynn is on electric guitar, acoustic guitar, and keyboards and backing vocals. Danny Harrison is on acoustic uh, guitar and backing vocals. Bikram Ghosh is on tabla, tabla. John Lord is on piano. Sam Brown is on backing vocals. We know Sam for doing Horse to Water at the concert for George. Jane Lister on harp. And Isabella Borz... Uh, Borzemakowski, I'm butchering that, apologies, um, is doing a reading from How to Know God. Okay, so that's the basic rundown. Now, this song, who knows how finished it was, but it was done, it was written and done enough in 1999 because it was one of the songs that George played. He did an interview, I believe, with Rolling Stone where he was talking about an album he was working on. It was going to be called Portrait of a Leg End, um, which is kind of a funny title. And it was going to be a picture of a boot or something like that. Uh, and he played 
a few songs for him. One of them was called Valentine, which we've never heard, or the title had been changed, um, and it does appear on Brainwashed. But one of the songs they talk about is Brainwashed. So it had been around um, at least since 1999 in a semi-completed form. To me, this song, it had to be an album closer for this particular album. It doesn't fit really tonally um, the rest of the album. It's, I don't know, it doesn't feel to me as much of a George song except for the interlude, which we'll get to. Uh, To me, it sounds the most like a Cloud Nine leftover than any other track on this album. You really hear Jeff Lynne's production, and I love Jeff Lynne. Um, I love his production, but you hear it more on this track than you do most of the rest of the album, which which still feels like a George Harrison, Jeff Lynne collaboration, where this feels like a Jeff Lynne track that George has written. Um, so it doesn't necessarily fit the vibe of the whole album. It's a very emotional album, uh, whether purposefully or not. I mean, a lot of the emotion does come from the fact that it came out a year after he died. And so there are certain lyrics on the album that, you know, you, you, you're not listening to them as a middle-aged dude writing them. You're listening to them as a, a man on his deathbed writing them. And that may or may, may not be the case as we know he's been working on this album for over a decade um and then so the the production doesn't fit and it's not george's strongest song on this it's weird his vocals sound at times like they're very strong and at times like they're very forced and weak weak and i think some of that might be the way they're recorded you know, sometimes if you have uh, a very dry recording or you record in a small space or you record in a big space or you record live with the band or in the sound uh, isolation booth, all these things have an effect on the overall sound that is going to be on the final product. So some of it might have been that. Some of them might have been the song. But it's weird that he sounds both strong and weak on this uh, on this track. There is an Indian breakdown or Indian in inspired. It's not straight. It is anchored on slide guitar, but this is where you hear the tabla and the harp and all that. And it's, and uh, it's very clearly um, Indian inspired a lot like the breakdown in living in the material world, which is an tempo rocker that has this sudden pullback to be very mellow and, and, and atmospheric and then going back into the rocker this one does that same thing but unlike living in the material world a lot of the lyrics in this song just don't work um not with the melody at least there there's some odd meter that you know he's got 10 syllables where there's space for seven things like that and then some of the rhymes are a bit forced. And because he's stuck to this meter, some of the words where you would have uh, uh, the strong syllable on a stronger beat, he's got the weak syllable on the stronger beat. One good example, there's a great reverse rhyme that I love in this song. 
He says, brainwashing us in Washington, where wash is obviously the the rhyme, quote unquote. Um, And the way he delivers it is cool. And it's just a cool, it's a cool, I like the way he pivots on that word wash to give us two words, brainwashing us in Washington. That meter wise, that's a perfect line. Nothing he could do to make that any better. But then he follows it with in Westminster in London. Now, if 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 you heard George Harrison say, I'm going to uh, drive up to London today, you'd think he was a little bit nuts. But that's exactly what he does with this weird meter. It puts the London, Lun is the strong syllable, um, but Don is on the stronger beat uh, meter-wise, rhythmically, as far as the pulse of this song goes. And it kind of takes the steam out of the first line. You forget that brainwashing us in Washington is a good line when it's followed by Westminster in London. It's a good album closer, like I said. It's a decent song to be the, the title track, but it is probably the weakest song on this album. And this is an album I really like. This is one of my favorite George Harrison albums. Uh, for, but for me, the saving grace is actually the chant at the end. For the last uh, over a minute, I think, you hear George with Danny duetting in perfect um, unison for most of it. There is a slight harmonic um, division in the middle. But for the most part, they're singing in unison. Um, and it's beautiful. You've got the drone going underneath and they're doing this Indian chant. And when you are closing an album that is so fueled with emotion coming, like I said, a year after his death, uh, that is a really powerful way to end the album. And in a lot of ways, it's made more powerful because it's attached to the loud song on the album. You know, if they would have attached this to the end of Rising Sun and made that the closer, it doesn't work as well. It needs to come off this rocker. We need to come off of like this loud song and then immediately be brought back down and kind of eased into the end of this album. And it's and it's beautiful. It's a lovely, it's a lovely moment. Perfectly placed. You couldn't stick this in the middle of the album. It's perfectly placed. So this track, there were three songs from Brainwash that were used on the 2009 Best Of compilation. This track was not one of them. The title track, which does, you could say that says something about the quality of the song, that it's a it's a title track for an album, but not included on the Best Of. But it doesn't say as much as you'd think because there are several hits missing from that album and a few albums that are uh, unrepresented entirely. Dark Horse was a top 40 hit and a title track, and it's not on there. Nothing from Extra Textures on there. Nothing from Gontrapo's on there. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Um, but it is worth pointing out the three songs from this album did make that best of compilation. Rightfully so. All right. So, Musically, it's kind of tough to pin down. Basically, um, he 
So he starts with a C chord. And then he goes to a minor four, F minor. Is that not the most George Harrison, that minor four? If I just playing those two chords, if I said, who wrote this song? Just out those two chords, two basic chords. It's a C and an F minor. That just screams George Harrison to me. Um, so the F minor doesn't belong, really. Uh, it is a, it is possibly borrowed from the um, relative minor. But then he goes to a B flat, and then resolves that to an F major chord. So he's doing C, F minor, B flat, F major. So he's he's bouncing back and forth between F and F minor. But he's not really grounding anything in a key. So I would argue here that he is essentially keyless. He's not really establishing a strong tonic at any point because he's kind of shifting between major and minor. Um, and then you get to the chorus, which is also the opening riff. <clears throat> All these chords are in the key of C major. It's a six, one, five, four, two, and then a repeat. So you can make the argument that that is uh, uh, in C major or A minor, I guess. The really the only place where I can make a definitive statement for his harmonic structure is the bridge, the the section that's the Indian breakdown with um, the quote from How to Know God. That is very deeply steep in F. Lydian. And I don't think I've said Lydian on this podcast. Lydian, oh Lydian. No. Um, so if we have a major scale on one and we go C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C, that's a major scale. Okay. If we take... If we start on the fourth scale degree, C, D, E, F, if we start on F and play those same notes from F to F without making any adjustments, that is called a Lydian mode. All right. So an F major scale has a B flat. That B flat. Where F Lydian, because it's structured based on the key of C does not have that B flat. And so what you get is you get, um, if you're basing your harmonic structure on that mode, you get a different set of majors and minors. So now one is a major chord. You've got that. And then five is still a major. And the thing is, is the five chord in a Lydian mode is the same as the one chord in, in the regular major scale. So we're going uh, a five in F Lydian is the C major. Then to a minor three. And then to a major two. And this is where we get the... Uh, 
where I'm pulling Lydian from is that is that G major there acts as a major two. And because it pulls us back into the F, I'm going to say George is making F in this bridge. F is the uh, the tonic chord. Is that the Tom Petty learning to fly? It is. Um, so I'm going to say here now, learning to fly is in Lydian mode too. And that's about it. Then it goes back to the verse. Uh, so there's not a ton here going on harmonically. It's not, that's a, another thing that doesn't make it the typical George Harrison song uh, beyond that immediate abandonment of the major tonality by using that F minor chord on this as the second chord we hear beyond that. There's not a lot of George Harrison's signature moves on this track. So that's brainwashed. Um, if you love this song, let me know because I've, I'm always interested to hear what you guys think of the music after I've talked about it and you've listened to it again with the, you know, more uh, um, like inquisitive ears, like you're listening for the things we talked about or whatever. I want to hear what you think about it. And I also, you have until February 8th, 2020 to submit your Mars pick. So you're taking one Kinks or Beatles album, and it can be solo Beatles. One person has submitted a solo um, song or album already. Um, Kinks or Beatles album, you're taking the Mars as your sole source of musical entertainment. What are you taking and why are you taking it? Give me a call at 925-494-1739. And of course, you can find us at herohabit.com where all the information about this podcast is. And this Mars pick is going to be the first bonus uh, uh, episode that goes out to our contributors first. So if you'd like to help us keep the lights on by giving $4 a month to the podcast, a subscription you can cancel at any time, by the way, um, you will get this episode before it is released on the to the general public. Um, as a thank you. And we'll we'll be doing that with all of our bonus episodes. You guys will get first dibs. Uh, and thank you to those who have already contributed. All right. That's enough from me. I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Thank you for listening. Um, make sure to swing by herohabit.com for more information on this podcast and all the other stuff we've got going on. Thanks. Bye. This podcast is presented by the Hero Habit Podcast Network. Swing by HeroHabit.com today to comment on this episode and poke around our growing database of sports and pop culture news, reviews, and collectibles. HeroHabit.com. Collect your heroes.